Hello, how are you? Welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life. Thank you for hitting on the button. It is Wednesday the 30th of December. I hope your Christmas was good or your holidays if you're not a Christian, don't celebrate Christmas. Happy Hanukkah if you're Jewish, whatever it may be. I hope it's been a good time for you in spite of all the restrictions and the COVID-19 news around. We're just kind of uh, digesting and percolating the ideas that have come through the latest government announcement here in the UK. Restrictions, I think, facing most of the UK now in terms of most stores, again, being closed, sort of locked down by another name. In reality, gyms now closed due to go for a swim with my little girl in the morning, but that's now been kiboshed. So, yeah, we're just trying to accommodate the situation. Fortunately, we're able to see some family where we live in Cheltenham in the west of England on Christmas Day itself. So my little girl, who's an only child, it's nice for her to be able to see couple of our cousins who are similar age five and one a little bit older at eight as well so that was good and it was um yeah really cool to, to see people obviously very different picture now in terms of who you can see and where you can see i think you can meet one person out so yeah more psychological stress obviously anxiety over health i think for a lot of people but i hope you're well and i hope it's been a good holiday period so far for you i hope the last podcast i did with john hudson last week helped the UK military's chief survival instructor around the concepts of stoicism and kind of being being who you are is what you focus on, what you think about in terms of psychological outlook on life and where you sort of centre your thoughts, particularly at the moment where there's a lot of external stresses coming in and how you can remain positive and upbeat. Thank you as ever to the sponsors of the podcast, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene V, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Again, really appreciate Jason Briggs and his team's support throughout this year, 2020. Good guy, good team, and get in touch with them and let them know you listen to the podcast as well. Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham's website, B&O Cheltenham on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram as well, if you want any ideas, got some cool videos on there. If you go to their account and promotional stuff about the equipment in there, but they can get other equipment, not just Bang Olufsen, through that sister company, Serene AV. If you're thinking about your immunity, whether it's COVID in mind, you may have had COVID, you're trying to recover, whatever it might be. Um, at this time of year, coughs and colds circulating, aren't they? Probably less so, actually, at the moment because of the fact we are apart from, from each other, not mixing in big numbers. So maybe the coughs and colds are down. Maybe that's just anecdotal on my part. I am going to work as Sky Sports as a broadcaster, but to do the distancing and masks and so on and so forth and haven't felt the normal stuff. But I am taking supplements from cytoplan c-y-t-o-p-l-a-n food-based supplements and thank you to them for real positive association with the podcast this year my family's been taking the supplements for two decades under the guidance of my father dr mark draper who is a general practitioner doctor here in the cotswolds in the uk but formerly anesthetist and has for many years worked in nutrition as particularly micronutrition as well interested in trace elements things like selenium and zinc and from what he says, the data suggests a relative depletion in the UK soil. And that would be different depending on where you are in the world. But he certainly advocates topping up and believes that and you may disagree with this, depending on what you had at Christmas, if you were feasting. But uh, generally, our calorie intake in the West of the world is diminished because we don't do physical jobs, don't do manual labor. So we tend to take in less calories, which means that our nutritional in intake may be less, our micronutrition. So he re recommends Cytoplan supplements, I take Immune Complete 2. Immune Complete 2 is the name of it. And if you head to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, you can get 10% off with the discount code DRAPER10R, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numerals 10 
and then the capital letter R. It's got vitamin D3 in there, in that immune complete range, and also a raft of other things. You get sort of separate vitamin D if you're looking at that vitamin D. If you're listening in the States, that's how you'd how you'd normally hear it pronounced. But that's the key one at the moment in dark months of the Northern Hemisphere anyway, trying to get that that sort of immune boost of, of vitamin D and all the rest of it as well, C and the, the other aspects of health. But I hope you're well. And I hope you enjoy this podcast. This is from my day job at Sky Sports. This was a UFC review done for my employer. We actually have rights to Bellator, which is, I suppose, in lots of ways, the second fiddle mixed martial arts franchise. I think it's growing pretty rapidly, but UFC has been the top dog for most of its 27 years in Inception, Ultimate Fighting Championship. And Big John McCarthy, who is uh, the interviewee here, was a referee for a long time. They're one of the founding fathers all the way back in that day. He now works for Bellator, no longer a referee, but as an analyst and broadcast. Has a wonderful podcast with a former fighter called Josh Thompson called Weighing In Podcast, which you might want to like. But this is, uh, I might want to try. This is Big John, I think from his Tennessee home, reflecting on the year that was in the UFC. And, and just kind of to clarify as well, 41 events ultimately the UFC put on went into hiatus, a bit of chaos, there's a bit of conjecture and controversy about their intentions to carry on in March, but they ultimately, I think, were out of action for about five, six weeks. And then across the world, they've held events, 41 of them in 2020. So it's a really impressive effort. And uh, we just reflect on the key moments, the ones that stood out for big John McCarthy. So this is an interview for Sky Sports YouTube. Lots more content like this on Sky Sports YouTube pages or indeed skysports.com. But here he is, Big John McCarthy. Big John, fantastic to speak to you once again, reflecting on the year that was in the UFC. I suppose there's a, there's a rivalry and a tension sometimes between Bellator and UFC, but how much kudos, how much respect do we have to give them for their logistical flexibility and getting up and running so quickly after the pandemic? Oh, they, uh, you know, you take a look at what occurred and the way they ended up when they first did their show in Florida, I think it was in July, July, I want to say 11th, but from that point, man, they were a machine. They were just putting one show after the other out. And the, the real thing that you have to be impressed with is as impressed as you should be with what the UFC did as a promotion. It's what the fighters did in that cage and the, and the performances that they put on. That was really impressive. Yeah. Well, fantastic. It's been, a, it's been a great year. I suppose in terms of the casual fan base or the general sporting base, one thing that they'll probably remember is uh, Joaquin Buckley's uh, kick against Impa Kassinganai that, that, that sort of resounded around the world the next day, didn't it? What are your, your thoughts on that as someone watching MMA for a while? Where does that stand in, in the all-time knockout list? Yeah, that one's up there. You got to look and say... You know, when, when a fighter like Joaquin Buckley does something that most people have never seen happen before, mm. you know, that, that's a moment. And, and just the way that he threw that kick, the way that he set it up by balancing himself, turning his foot so he could swing his entire body around. And Impa, you know, great guy, great fighter. He just never saw it coming. And we always say, you know, the things that you don't see are the ones that hurt you. And it definitely hurt him because it made him stiff and, uh, Luckily, he was okay after it, but that was just one of those one of those moments that's going to live on as a highlight reel. Unfortunately, you know, for Impa, it's not a good one for him, but for Joaquin, that one is going to stick with him forever. 
Is that is that drilling when he catches the, the his one leg is caught in the front kick and then he, he reacts that way? Is that something you drill in the gym or is that just pure creativity? No, it's it's both. You know, it is absolutely being creative, but you have to drill those things and know that I can do this because I've done it, you know, hundreds or thousands of times against, you know, a position on a bag where I just go back and throw that kick and throw it again and throw it again. So when you get that opportunity, it just tends to happen. You just, your body just responds. And that's what Joaquin Buckley did. The next memory takes us to Dustin Poirier against Dan Hooker. Poirier, of course, with a big start to 2021 ahead against Conor McGregor. But how do you reflect on this fight against Hooker? Was it the fight of 2020? Yeah, I mean, it was unbelievable. The second round of that fight was probably one of the best rounds you'll ever see in MMA. And it was that back and forth where Dan Hooker was really doing well in the beginning of that fight. And then Dustin Poirier just kind of took over. And it was that the will of Dan Hooker to stay in a fight there where he was receiving a ton of damage at a certain point, but having no give, you know, no, no quit at all. That to me is the fight of the year. That fight was just unbelievable the output of both guys and what both guys took to actually get to the end of that fight and the fact that they both made it that five rounds that 25 minutes with what they did was just fabulous how do you see Poirier's rematch with Conor McGregor do you feel he's learned has he evolved is he a better challenge for Conor than he was six years ago seven years ago I think the biggest uh, thing that I see out of Dustin Dustin is absolutely a better fighter today especially at 155 than he was at 145. I always thought that he was cutting too much weight, and I did think it affected his ability to, you know, take shots as much or to actually have that same energy throughout the fight. But I think the biggest change is going to be he's matured as a fighter, and in the first fight, Connor was able to get into his head. Connor made him mad. Connor made him uh, want to hurt, you know, Connor. And when you fight mad, you don't fight smart. And so I think that Dustin has absolutely improved in knowing, hey, don't get mad. I'll get my shots in there. I'll do my thing. And when I fight smart, I'm one of the best fighters in the world. So it's going to be a great matchup. Yeah, cannot wait for, for that one to get us started in 2021. UFC 248, our next stop, China versus Poland. Wei Lang Zhang or Wei Lei Zhang against Joanna Yendavechik of Poland. Tell us so why this one stands out for you. That's not easy to say either one of those, no, is it? My, my Mandarin <laughs> and my Polish are a bit rusty after, that's awesome. after this year. <laughs> you know, that's another fight of the year, you know, Canada. But that was before the pandemic, so a lot of people aren't even remembering that that was part of 2020. Mm. But it was at the beginning, and, uh, you know, that was on the, the night that that wasn't even the main event. The main event was Yoel Romero against Israel Adesanya that turned out to be kind of a snoozer. And that fight was just fireworks from the beginning. And what Joanna ended up having as far as, you know, she had a hematoma on her head that started to, you know, really swell her head out. Just an incredible fight by both ladies. And it could definitely win. I, I kind of edged towards Poirier and Hooker, but that one could definitely be fight of the year also. Fantastic. Well, let's take let's take you next to uh, Chan Sung Jung, the Korean zombie. Hopefully, those pronunciations were okay as well <laughs> against Brian Ortega, which is a bit more comfortable. Um, 
this goes in, in your list is that the best overall performance of the year is that where you'd rate it for, for Brian Ortega? Yeah, I, I rate that as one of the best performances of the year based on a multitude of things. And one is that Brian Ortega was was out of fighting for well over a year, almost two years, and mm. came back with that performance against somebody as good as the Korean Zombie. And we all know exactly what he can do. Uh, you know, hit the fight before. He fought Ortega was against Frankie Edgar, and he put Frankie Edgar away in the first round. And Frankie Edgar is one of the best MMA fighters of all time. So, the performance that Brian Ortega had that night, look, he won, I think, every round of that fight and just handily, you know, put on a stand up performance because everyone knows Brian Ortega as an incredible jujitsu stylist, a submission expert, a guy that, you know, that's why we call him T City for. You know, the triangle, man, his stand-up is looking so good. Uh, it was just an incredible performance that night. How do you see T-City? I know you know him well going up against Alexander Volkanovsky. How do you see that play out? You know, I think this is a super tough fight for Alexander, and I, I really like Volkanovsky. He's good everywhere. He, he's fun to watch. But, you know, you take a look at his fights against Max Holloway, and this is where, you know, MMA math does not compute. It just doesn't work because Max Holloway had a great, showing against uh, Brian Ortega and really put Brian away that put, you know, the only loss that Brian Ortega has had on his career. But you take a look at this one, you know, Volkanovsky lives off of being the guy that sometimes uses his wrestling to put his the fight in a position where he can do some damage, but he uses it to help his stand-up because it's that threat. I don't know if he wants to threaten putting Brian Ortega on his back. Brian Ortega is that good off of his back. A lot of guys are good with jiu-jitsu when they're in the top position. Brian Ortega is dynamic <laughs> off of his back, so you got to be very careful about putting him there. But then you've got to deal with the stand-up game that he showed against the Korean Zombie. This is going to be a very tight fight between these two. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Look forward, we'll look forward to that one as well. An interesting one that, that may be controversial. I understand from uh, this podcast that you Verbal sparring partner Josh Thompson wasn't overly enamored with Jack Hermanson versus Marvin Vittori, the Italian. But where do you, where, what, what kind of stuck in your mind about this? What did you appreciate about this? I mean, I'll tell you what, I thought, I thought it was a great fight. And I thought that Jack Hermanson is, you know, he's really good on the ground. And so a lot of people were looking at Marvin and saying, well, he can't go to the ground with him. And he, you know, hurt Hermanson in the first round. He put him down with a big shot and then. Went after him. Hermanson had his ability to try to do things, couldn't get it done, and lost that first round. And lost it, you know, I would have said 10-8 because he was close to being put out by that shot. And then second round, Vittori again wins the round, but it's closer. And then the third round, Hermanson really turns it around, and he's got Vittori in trouble throughout that round. And you take a look at just the dynamics of what occurred for both fighters Throughout that fight, I thought it was just interesting because you could see when each guy was trying to gain control. He was trying to gain control of the distance or trying to gain control of the pace of the fight or just trying to set a trap and get his opponent to, to move into that trap, and then he wouldn't do it, so he tried to set another one. There was just so many things going on that were so interesting. I loved the fight. I thought both guys performed incredibly. It was just fun. The entire time I was standing up from the fourth round on, I was standing up in front of my TV, kind of moving, doing things, just enjoying the entire thing. 
Yeah, Johnson, wonderful fights and wonderful fighters. Who would be, though, your MVP for the year? People will maybe think about Khabib. Habib retiring undefeated after victory over Justin Gaethje. But where do you look? Is it about activity as much as it is about the singular performances? I think it is about activity. I think it's about activity and the outcome of what's occurred. And that's why I give it to Kevin Holland. I think he has had an incredible year. He's fought five times. And I think that that started in July, I believe. And all the way through, you know, taking a look at five fights in seven months of time with five victories, four of those being stoppages. Kevin Holland has just had the 2020 of anybody's life. You know, he's, and he's got it against guys, you know, like the Joaquin Buckley that we talked about with the big knockout. He knocked out Joaquin Buckley. He has just had an incredible year. And I think he deserves to, you know, get that MVP title as far as with how much he's fought, who he's fought and the outcomes. You got to give it to him. What should an MMA fighter look at in terms of uh, a busy schedule, a realistic schedule for a number of fights in a year? I think a realistic schedule for most guys is going to be somewhere around three fights. That's a lot because you're talking about camps and, uh, you know, getting yourself in shape and the weight cuts and things like that. So if you're fighting three times in the year, you're doing well. If you're fighting less than that, you know, it might be that, you know, it's, you know, injuries or things like that, or age is coming in a little bit but you should be trying to always be improving. And I think that three fights keeps you busy. It keeps you motivated and keeps you in line without taking too much time off and letting things start to fall down a little bit. Yeah, and often you have to adjust those plans quickly, don't you, when you get late, late offers of fights and things like that. So it's not always as easy to, to plan ahead. In terms of planning ahead for us, though, who should we look out for in, in 2021 in the UFC, John? Well, I think there's a you know the couple guys where everyone's going to look towards, uh, you know, I, I say Kevin Holland is the guy you're going to have to look forward to because you know, he's been, he's even mouthing off to Israel Adesanya and them, but Kazmach uh, Chimaev is the guy that, you know, he jumped on the scene. He had some great performances. Yeah, his fight against Leon uh, got canceled based upon, you know, the COVID situation and stuff, but that's a guy that everyone's going to be interested in. I think everyone should be looking towards, what is that guy going to do in 2021? Is he going to continue on? And if he yeah. does, is it going to be at 170 or 185? You know, he's that guy that can go anywhere. So it's going to be fun to watch him. You've got Michael Chandler on the list as well. Recruit I from, do. from Bellator. How do you see him fitting into that plot? Because it's a fascinating one, isn't it? Kicking off with the McGregor Praria rematch. Yeah, I, I think that Michael Chandler is a guy to watch in the UFC this year because it's a real question of, who do they put him against first? You know, they brought him in, and right away he was the alternate in case either Habib or Justin Gaethje, you know, came down with something or, or got hurt before their fight. That didn't happen, but he had to do the weight cut. He had to do everything. Uh, and there was a couple times, you know, with matchups that I looked at and, and that I thought he would fit in well with. It's going to be interesting to see who they put him against. you got guys that I could look at that are up there now that if I was them and I had the, the ranking that I had, I don't think I, wanted, I don't want to fight Michael Chandler because most mm. people that are watching the UFC don't realize how good he is. And he's yeah. going to give uh, certain guys a lot of trouble. You know, I think you know, everything's about the matchup. What are they going to do? But Michael Chandler could do big things in 2021 in the UFC. Big John, been an absolute pleasure. Merry Christmas to you and, and Happy New Year. 
Merry Christmas to you, Ed. Have a great uh, Christmas, a great new year, and always thank you for talking with me. So there we have it, the effervescent big John McCarthy. Always interesting when I listen back to those work interviews where it was expected to be punchier for Sky Sports and certainly up my pace and, and ante for that. But it's good to get his thoughts on the UFC. And I think fair play to him showing respect has been a sort of bit of online criticism from the UFC and Dana White hitting out at people in the media. And interesting that he cited Big John being in the media. It was actually a clip from Big John's podcast, which they also put on YouTube weighing in where he'd sort of questioned the wisdom of trying to put on an event in March when we didn't really realize the details of the pandemic. And certainly Dana White, the UFC president, <laughs> had uh, taken offense to that seemingly because it came out with a video on Twitter, sort of backlash in, in the UFC, I suppose, rounding on their critics and celebrating the year they had. I don't think he necessarily needed to do that because it was a fantastic achievement. But 41 events on with, what, double-figure fights on every card, 20 fights sometimes. I mean, it's a phenomenally prolific organization in terms of uh, the employment opportunities it gives to fighters and combat sports people and i know that after covering boxing in the uk you only have sort of usually four or five events on the undercard and certainly the money is polarized to the top and there's question marks over the ufc's template and maybe they don't pay the big stars enough relative to boxing but then the, the other argument is that they have more money than to support the undercard so i think the ufc there's lots of pros and cons in that and there's a really good interview and a good debate actually on the weighing in podcast with big john mccarthy and his co-host, Josh Thompson, the punk, I think his uh, fighting moniker name was, uh, Josh's. And they have Nate Quarry, another former fighting MMA legend on there who is championing in the Muhammad Ali Act to be brought into mixed martial arts, which, like boxing, would then allow more transparency over the gate revenue, a higher percentage of the gate revenue, or the, the event revenue going to the fighters themselves. But the concern that josh had in that debate was that it would then go to maybe stripping away the bottom of the undercar people wouldn't get fights be less money to go around because the top guys would polarize the money the people the big high profile event leaders who in this modern attention economy which i'm not always a big fan of in that concept because it doesn't necessarily mean that talent itself is being rewarded it's often profile and notoriety but nonetheless, that would probably be the outcome, as happens in boxing, as we see the big, huge names commanding purses of hundreds of millions of dollars, and yet British title fights, you know, which is a pretty elite level, going for maybe £10,000, which if you think you're putting months of training into that, paying sparring partners, paying your trainer, paying potentially a nutritionist, if you take it seriously, et cetera, et cetera. It's a complex picture, but that was a good debate on the Weighing In podcast a couple of weeks ago. Look up that one, big John McCarthy and Josh Thompson, but I hope you enjoyed uh, that there i hope you are well thank you for listening to the podcast appreciate your support if you could rate it on itunes comments appreciated as well or whatever platform you listen to because i think it's on 12 platforms now the podcast as i seek to grow it and it has I suppose by virtue of accepting i've had to do zoom calls i've actually been able to do more this year because usually i do it in addition to my day job as a sports broadcaster in the uk at sky sports and i wanted to do it in person predominantly but obviously that's logistically tricky i live in cheltenham work in london and often stayed in London, but still London's a big city. So if you've got potential interviewees, it could be an hour, hour and a half travel there, a couple of hours interview, then back. So it's a big commitment. But Zoom, being forced into that situation because I can't travel, can't see people for most of the year anyway. And it's been sort of chinks in, in the sort of uh, darkness and, and, and sort of moments of light where we can see people and, and, and sort of restrictions released, but not by and large the case. So it's been an interesting year. 
but I appreciate you listening to it. If you could uh, rate it, if you could let me know how you feel about it, you can email me hello at drapermedia.co.uk. And also I'm on Instagram, ed underscore, uh, ed underscore, underscore, got all the store things and all the latest announcements about COVID on my, on my mind, but ed underscore draper. 81 also known as teddy draper on there i think in my uh, name because that's a name i was known as as a child a lot but uh, ed draper 81 is my twitter handle for work as well which you can contact me there so thank you for listening to the podcast thank you to the sponsors bang Olufsen of cheltenham and serene av specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions around high quality customer service and installations check out bno cheltenham online as well they have social media outlets and um I'm just going to quickly check out a link to a study that came out in the UK regarding COVID-19 and vitamin D or vitamin D. And uh, it was non... There is a need, this is a British medical journal, that there is a need for research... But it says this it says that adults and children over four years should consider taking 10 micrograms per day of vitamin D or vitamin D to maintain bone and muscle health. They should not be offered a vitamin D, vitamin D supplement solely to prevent COVID-19, except as part of a clinical trial. And there's also other articles you can read online that have been condensed on the BBC and Sky News website, just uh, saying that we should probably take vitamin D in the winter in the northern hemisphere. And if you would like to take that from cytoplan.co.uk, 30% discount up front, 10% thereafter uh, with my code DRAPER10R, all capital letters, D-R-A-P-E-R, the numbers one zero and the capital letter R. And vitamin D, vitamin D, uh, the vitamin D3 vital component is in the immune complete range at Cytoplan as well, along with lots of other good stuff. But thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you have a good new year. And hope 2021 clears up and uh, gets more festive and more social for all of us soon. Thanks, guys. Bye for now.